You are looking live! I'm Rusty, joined by our very special guest, who's actually in studio with us today. I'm here. I made it. In studio. You know, it's actually funny because Sean and I have been doing this podcast for two years now. We have never met in person. Taking your job, Sean. (laughs) We have never met in person. All right, so we have been away for a while because, you know, it's uh, the season where everybody buys stuff and uh, Sean works at a place where they sell things, so... Exchanging goods <laughs> for services. It is, uh, so yeah, our schedules do not align, especially since my work starts so early in the morning, like painfully early. Like, I never see the sun, basically. I never see the sun. So, but, so we got a lot to talk about. Uh, the first of which is uh, we have a new football coach. That's how long it's been since we last recorded. Breaking news. Oregon new football head coach. Breaking news. Willie Taggart. Truly swagger. <laughs> Truly swagger. Is that something that people are saying now, or do we I, just do that? I hope not. Okay. Like, let's just go with Willie Taggart. Willie Taggart it is. Uh, The motivational speaker, Willie Taggart. Tony Robinson, disciple. Thoughts? Feelings? Initial Um, reaction? I See, one of the things that really stood out to me is, like, I I watched a video of, like, his first meeting with the players. And he was like, you need three things to be on this team. One, academics. Two, football. Three, Three <laughs> character. You can have two of the three, and we'll work on the we'll work on the third. And I was like, okay. And he was like, all right. But here's the agreement: getting a job is hard, keeping it's harder. Just know, every year I am out recruiting for somebody to come in and take your spot, which is like really accurate. Which I don't think many people. I th- I don't think many college athletes understand that and so I was pretty surprised that he just said that straight up like every year I am trying to replace you with somebody better yeah I, I think um, the main thing that I've liked about Coach Taggart thus far is just how upfront he is about how he wants to run a program um, there was that was one uh, instance of that and then another was this story that Andrew Greif did with the Oregonian about uh, his stance on discipline um, where he basically just said, uh, you know, if you mess up when it comes to violence against women, drugs, guns, whatever, you're just gone. It's a one strike and you're out policy, which um, personally, uh, I'm actually not a, a fan of that particular policy. Uh, I would prefer if a guy is under investigation to it, suspend him indefinitely, and then whatever happens, then you either kick him off or you let him back on, whatever. Um, but with that being said, I appreciate the fact that he is being upfront about how he wants to run a program. And as long as he sticks to that, then I'm good. Because, you know, as a student athlete, if you can have uh, a set of guidelines, Uh, and a set of rules and expectations, and you know where they are, then that gives you a good base to build a program off of. Right, yeah, and I agree 100%. Um, 
one of the things too, not that I have sources about this piece of information, just listening to what like other writers talk about, is that one of like the real criticisms, I guess, of Helfrich is that there was like a lack of discipline. It's just what I heard. Um, I'm, I mean, how many penalties did we see? Saw its way on the field. Like, how many penalties did we see? So, although I think... <laughs> I wasn't going to say anybody's name. <laughs> how many drives this year? <laughs> oh, yeah, our, our, our text chats <laughs> after so many plays. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think... Now... I wasn't in the room, obviously, you know, when they made the decision to fire him, but uh, I think I'll, reading between the lines, a lot of that decision to, to fire Coach Helfrich came down to uh, lack of attention to detail, just letting things slip. And, um, you know, time will tell if if Coach Taggart improves upon that. Uh, but I gotta tell you, man, he's got the juice. He's coming out firing. He's throwing scholarships around like it's nobody's business. Slanging. Uh, I mean, honestly, I think at this point, if all of these kids accepted the scholarships, we'd be in trouble. Because <laughs> yeah. there, we wouldn't have enough spots. We don't have 55 roster spots for freshmen. <laughs> but, uh, but, man, he, he's bringing some energy to the program, uh, and you got to appreciate that. Uh, which, speaking of energy... First guy he hired, new de- defensive coordinator. Oh, my God. That guy is bringing some energy on Twitter oh my every God. day. Just fueled by sugar and caffeine. And maybe it's a little something extra. And uh, who knows? I don't, I'm not saying what he puts in his drinks. He could put something in his drinks. He could not put something in his drinks. Add a little extra to it. I think he's putting passion. Passion. <laughs> This guy, this Jim Levitt's Twitter is fantastic. Because he's always, like, talking about Pepsi products. I really think, because there's a billboard when you drive into Eugene that's like, this is Pepsi Town. I feel like they're just going to put his pay, his face on it. Oh, too. he's sponsored. He's oh, for yeah. sure. He, oh, yeah. He's getting sponsored. Uh, I don't know any sane person who drinks an ice-cold Pepsi at 9.47 in the morning, uh, which, if, as I checked my Twitter yesterday, that's what he was doing at 9.47 in the morning. Uh, but, man... Just, just fired get that, up. Get that energy. Get fired up. That, that's really more of a quality that I associate more with a strength coach. But I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, his. He's like recruiting so hard today. People calling all over the nation. Unleashing on recruiting with an ice cold Pepsi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unleashing on recruiting. So much excitement. Such recruiting. Much convincing. Yeah. So uh, that's exciting. Uh, and I mean, it seems like, uh, it seems like, uh, from what I can tell, players are buying into it. Uh, I think the biggest recruit of all is Royce Freeman is staying. So Shocking. yeah. That has to be a really good sign. Uh, not only Royce Freeman, but also Tyrell Crosby said that he's coming back. Yeah. Um, which I think is less surprising considering his injury history, but. Um, I mean, if if Coach Taggart and his new staff can win over the existing players, uh, while also setting the stage for the program that he wants to build, that's that's really an ideal scenario. Um, so we'll see. 
Yeah, I mean, it seems like a lot of the players like really fired up about it because uh, Freeman said that's one of the reasons why he came back is because Taggart's enthusiasm is contagious and like inspiring or whatever. I would really like to be in a recruiting meeting with Coach Taggart, like an in-home visit. I, I, I bet he slays. I want to hear like what his pitch is, uh, but more interesting than just what his pitch is is in recruiting meetings, I'm assuming he's laying out his vision for the program as a whole. Um, and I think it's interest, it would be interesting to see uh, what his long-term vision for the program is and how he translates that long-term vision into a pitch to get a, a kid to, to commit. Yeah, I mean... He's making some big moves early on. Like, I know a couple four-star defensive guys committed, which I'm a huge fan of at this point in my fandom for Oregon. Give us all the cornerbacks. Yeah, so many cornerbacks. Well, just, I mean, so Jim Leavitt runs a 3-4. We're going back, guys. Which I'm really happy about. That's my favorite defensive formation. Just because you get so much speed on the field, you can do so much cool stuff with it. I would just like to point out also a recruiting note. Uh, one of the recruits, four-star cornerback, from Rancho Cucamongo, California, home of one of my personal favorites, one Patrick Chung. So if we could get another Patrick Chung... Would you mean Ifo? I would be thrilled. No, Ifo's from Cheetah Hills. Really? Yep. I thought, where, where did I think Patrick Chung was from? Didn't he come to Oregon when he was, like, 16? Uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah, he's from Rancho Cucamonga. Oh. Huh. Hmm. You should know that about Ifo. Ifo is number 14 <laughs> from Chino Hills, California. It's, uh... Okay, so this is the this is the one question I... This is the only real concern I have for a guy that we basically just paid over a million dollars for a year. He's now the highest paid coordinator in conference history, so, you know, he better get it done. If not, I'm just going to be convinced that the Oregon defensive side of the ball is just plagued. Like, there's just no fixing it. It's an Indiana Jones type situation? Yeah. Yeah, like, there's, there's at, at that point, there's just nothing you can do. Um, but, there's a little scandal in Leave It's Past where he punched a player in the locker room at USF, allegedly, and then he allegedly got a couple coaches and a couple players to change their stories to back up his own. And then he allegedly lied about all of that to the school. Uh, And then, of course, they did the thing that's really all the rage in the legal system right now is they settled out of court and someone got paid $3 million. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Uh, to say that that is not what we're looking for in terms of the men of Oregon would be an understatement. Um, it's definitely concerning. Um, you know, it's that's kind of a Mike Leach putting the kid in the uh, closet. In the well, I didn't want to put it like that. My. <laughs> Mike Leach putting the kid in the garage for his concussion. Uh, it's kind of like that level of situation. Um, definitely concerning. 
at the same time, he after that he went in uh, did a stint in the NFL. Uh, he's been the DC at Colorado for the last what two three years. Um, three years. He just finished his third. Yeah, and it by all accounts he's kept his nose clean since then. So hopefully. You know, hopefully that's like a one-time incident, not something that's going to happen uh, again, because that's certainly not what we think of when we think of Oregon football. Um, you know, that that was one of the one things that I always liked about uh, Coach Helfrich's and his entire staff, how they handled coaching. Um, you never saw them acting like Brian Kelly on the sidelines and cursing a kid out right in front of their face on national television um, which you know every now and then some kids respond better to that than others um, and sometimes it's it's necessary yeah, to some people um, yeah it, I guess it's concerning but it, we'll see I mean hopefully he doesn't do anything to embarrass the program because that would be a real disappointment um, and to me, no level of wins would uh, would make that all right. I'd have to imagine that there was some extreme vetting that occurred. Yeah, yeah. You this is that not is a, a risky hire. Yeah, this is not a situation where you just say, "Oh well, you said you're sorry. You're you're okay. Come on in." Uh, yeah, there there better there better have been some extreme vetting, um, and if you clear that vetting, then I trust the people making the hires to to make the right decision. Um, and if it's not the right decision, then you know it kind of comes back on the people doing that that vetting. And that's going to go really bad for them. Yes, it could go poorly. It could go extremely poorly. Um... Well, let's stay positive. He really likes Popsy. He's an insane person, and he seems to be getting after recruiting. So, uh, you know, hopefully it just keeps... Uh... Sorry, hold on. This is actual breaking news right now. It just was tweeted out. Actually, this is like an hour old. So, there are two players. Oh, my God, dude. Okay, so, <laughs> so we're not mumbling this anymore. Tristan Wallace and Darian Franklin... Barred from UO campus under investigation from Lane County over sexual assault. Hmm, awesome. Hmm. Hmm. So according to Craig Pittens, uh, both players were suspended indefinitely by Coach Helfrich in October and remained suspended. Nobody convicted of a crime. No one's been charged. Although they're restricted from UO property, which is not awesome. It's the opposite of that. All right, well, awesome. This is uh, this is great. It's fantastic. Grape gerb, grape grape gerb. Everything's good. Nothing's wrong here. Um, well, that'll be uh, something to monitor as, as we go forward. I'm sure that's not the headline that any of us were looking forward to. Nope. Um, so yeah, that just came across uh, my Twitter my Twitter feed. Where were we talking about? Jim Leavitt punching a player? Is that where we're still at right now? Yeah, that's what we were talking about. Oh, man. 
So, great. All How right. about basketball, huh? Okay, uh, one, a couple things I want to talk about first. So, we have a new offensive coordinator who is the offensive analyst at Michigan under Jim Harbaugh. Oh, he's a wide receivers coach. Never mind. You can correct me in full volume. It doesn't matter. Oh, I, I didn't. I wasn't sure. Oh, so. yeah. Oh, he's he's the wide receivers coach. Don't know what an offensive analyst exactly is, but uh, I'm sure he's fine. Yeah, I'm sure he's fine. We're basically um, just picking up all these John Harbaugh or Jim Harbaugh people because Taggart was the best man at Harbaugh's wedding, and then Leavitt was the DC for Harbaugh at the 49ers and the linebackers coach. Or no, he's the linebackers coach at the 49ers before going to Colorado. And now this is the former offensive analyst from Michigan. So yeah, we just got a bunch of Harbaugh people, basically. I hope you guys like four tight ends. <laughs> well, no, because... Okay, so rumors are uh, USF's offensive coordinator is going to come. That, yeah, that is the rumor. and uh, They have a bowl game, so that makes sense why he's not going to make that decision now. And USF's offense has been very good. Really good. Yeah, I think... Uh, and they have not run four tight ends, uh, which I'm happy about because even if it wins ball games, It's so boring. I, I just... I want to see... I want to see the rocket thrown around a little bit. Uh-huh. You know, let's, let's, let's spread it out. Let's go fast. Let's have some fun uh, instead of 10 guys who weigh 300 pounds and a quarterback. A.K.A. Stanford football. Yes. And Alabama football. But Alabama football does it in a really fun way. Roll Tide. Roll Tide, y'all. I'm the biggest Alabama fan right now also. Yeah, that's a good segue. Um, Let's talk about bowls for a little bit. Okay. Uh, Because unlike uh, our season, there are bowl games going on right now. There, there are teams that where their season is not done. Um, what is your favorite bowl the Hawaii, matchup right now? The Hawaii Bowl. That's always my favorite bowl game. Okay. Fair That's my favorite bowl game. What's, what's your favorite bowl matchup? Oh, oh, Clemson, Ohio State's up there. Let me see. Let me pull these up. Clemson, Ohio State's definitely one. Um, Florida State, Michigan is going to be great. I think I have Florida State covering the six and a half. Um, Boise State's gonna absolutely wreck Baylor. That's like an absolute lock for me. So, you know, want to know an interesting one that I think could be fun? What? Colorado, Oklahoma State. I think Colorado's gonna win that. I could, yeah, but it could be fun. Oh, it could be fun. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that'll be fun. You know, what um, game's gonna be the opposite of fun? Florida, Iowa. Oh. <laughs> It's going to be four to three. Two safeties will win the game. <laughs> One team is going to score all seven points. But the game that I am looking forward to the most, speaking of Roll Tide, yeah. is Alabama-Washington. Because if Alabama scores 150 and gives up zero, it's not enough. <laughs> I just want complete and utter destruction and burning of the crops by Nick Saban. I'd, I'd be so happy. Like, they're going to have to have a whole reconstruction process. Yeah. 
Like Chris, Sherman's March to the Sea caliber. Chris Peterson just pro- built that program up. Why don't you burn that bitch down? <laughs> I, I want it to be worse than the Michigan State game last year by considerable margins. And I'm going to watch every second of it and just enjoy the hell out of it. It's oh going to be God. good. I, I, am, I was praying that Washington got the number four seed. How disappointed are we going to be if Washington wins? Well, they're not going to win. See, but if they won, it would be devastating. It would be devastating. It would be absolutely devastating. Um, it's uh, there's been a lot of people like talking themselves into Washington having a chance, though. Yeah, Washington played two tough games this year: Colorado and USC. USC controlled the line of scrimmage in a way Colorado didn't. And that was why they won. And, and let's, uh, let's I'm sorry, remember, sorry you're, you're going to get to Bear, Bryant, front seven. Let's remember what happened week one of the season when Alabama played USC. There were different teams at that point, but yes. Didn't go well. Did not go well. There were different teams at that point, but yeah, but transitive property. Exactly. That's what that's what that's what I like. I it's like it's math. Yeah. Besides, um, <laughs> What was I going to say? Oh, here's a fun game to play. Never have it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Uh, what do you think the spread would be on a Alabama versus Cleveland Browns matchup? Oh, I think somebody actually did that. I think someone in Vegas actually did that. I would guess Cleveland... It's, it's in a neutral site. It's at the jury dome. Cleveland Where? minus seven and a half. You think? Maybe in the tens, because here's here's what you have to realize too. Uh, Alabama is gonna have like eight players drafted this year, probably. Uh, Cleveland Browns are full of players that have been drafted. That is fair. It's Cor- so Corey Coleman, really good wide receiver in college. Robert Griffin the third, Heisman Trophy winner in college. Yeah. Joe Thomas, bastion of all that is about Ohio. That, yeah. That guy is Ohio. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it. You know, I'm gonna guess that Alabama would lose, but I think it'd be a good game for a half. Uh, I, I think it'd be not bad. Oh, here we go. Um, oh wow, <laughs> I was not close. Uh, Danny Sheridan, who's on the Paul Feinbaum show all the time. Uh, Gave the line Cleveland minus twenty seven. Wow. Uh, actually, actually, that sounds about right. I so, take that. <laughs> damn good bet. Yeah, um, that sounds about right, and that's just because too. It's, it's just like that's the one thing people don't realize. Like one one of the jokes for years though was that Alabama has more NFL players than the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, <laughs> but it's like it's still like over half of the Alabama roster won't make the NFL, and every single player on the Cleveland Browns has made the NFL. It's just, uh, it's just a different level of football. Yeah, it's just always a fun conversation. Yeah, um, but I think Alabama covers. I agree. I think Alabama covers. Um, they really should just do that one year. Some billionaire should just be like, you know what? I'm going to make this happen. They probably could. Although honestly. an 18-year-old wide receiver going against, like, 
oh. a twenty-five-year-old defensive back, that could be bad. Yeah, that's that's where the problem happens. Is at that point. Um. All right. So, uh, oh, rumors also of position coaches, the Colorado defensive uh, defensive backs coach. I'm assuming Leavitt's going to take the linebackers, and allegedly, the Washington State defensive line coach. Which, if you remember, they've had a pretty damn good defensive line the last couple of years. I have loved their line the last couple of years. And he recruits the hell out of a certain area of the world that produces a lot of 290, 300-pounders that can run really fast. They're some big boys. It's, there's like two spots in the world that do that, and he's really good at recruiting from one of them. Well, we do have a history of uh, Polynesian players. I wasn't. I, I didn't say that. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, well, DeForest Buckner, hello, Tinata. Marcus. Marcus Mariota. He didn't play line though. <laughs> I mean, but he could have. But That's he could point. have. He could because have. He is all knowing and all seeing. He all right. Just outwitted all the linemen. Too clever. Too too clever. If only he could have thrown in those tight windows. <laughs> He's shredding it in the NFL. Although he did have a game where he went like 6 of 30 or something. Yeah, and they still won. And they still won. Against the Denver Broncos. It was hilarious. Yeah, he is so good. He has like the best red zone percentage in the league, and some people have it like historic or something. He's just so good. So, Rusty, what do we have to look forward to in the next couple weeks of Duck Athletics? Basketball is the big thing. Woo! Wow, that came through really hot. Came through really hot on the microphone. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. I'll warn you guys next time. Yeah. So, uh, Oregon basketball sitting uh, with only two losses. And those were, I think, first two games of the year. Uh, They were two of the first four. So, it was at Baylor, but that was at the Maui Invitational, and Georgetown was two. So, those are the two losses. Um, but then there's wins over Tennessee, Boise State, who uh, who beat the Ducks last year, and twenty Boise point State win over USC. No, they're not. Um, their first conference game. Hopefully, they've got it figured out um, in five days. We're recording this on Friday. This will probably go up Christmas Eve. For those of you who really don't like your families, <laughs> um, this is gonna go up probably that day. Maybe tonight on the 23rd. Who knows? I don't. Um, 28th, Oregon opens at Matthew Knight Arena conference play against UCLA. 6 p.m. UCLA, by the way, number two team in the country right now. Yeah. Uh, They have a super freshman by the name of Lonzo Ball, who is just the first of a family of three. Uh, I'm pretty sure they're going to dominate college basketball for the next three to four years. Um, yeah, we, non-conference play has been interesting. It's been a mixed bag. Yeah, it's, it's been a mixed bag. You, you've seen the potential. Uh, there's a ton of depth, a ton of length. Chris Boucher continues to be just a freak of nature who... Is in a boot currently. Can, yeah. Well, he no, he took off the boot. Oh, he did? Yep. Uh, But he does currently have a sprained ankle. Uh, But when he's healthy, he can run the floor. He can shoot the three. He can swat the hell out of the ball. Um, 
I mean, the guy is unbelievable. He, he honestly reminds me of a very skinny Giannis Antetokounmpo. That is, uh... And I love Giannis Antetokounmpo. So that's a good comparison in my mind. Um, but on the other side, even though we have all that depth and length, uh, we've had some trouble shooting the three. We've had some inconsistent periods where the player movement off ball on offense has not been what it needs to be in a Dana Altman-led offense. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's potential there. And if they can put it together, and if they can start building, um, then, then they can go just about as deep as anybody else in, in March. Um, Although, man, watching college basketball the last couple days, the last couple weeks, there are some really good teams and really good players out there. Um, Malik Monk at Kentucky is just a freak. Just an absolute freak. Yeah. Um, But, you know, uh, I'd rather have a team full of guys and a team with depth than just relying on one guy who might have an off-shooting night. Right. Yeah, especially during like a longer season where you have back-to-back games, like depth is so important, like so important. And so it seems like the offense is kind of trying to find its footing because Dylan Brooks was injured for a while, and now Boucher is out for has been out, um, and without Snoop Dogg and Cook, Cook? and so Cook <laughs> Cook. Cook. Um, and it's just it seems like they're still trying to find like a real groove on offense yeah you know there's that's the one thing about having that much depth and having that much um, talent parity across the roster is at some point you need to have one or two guys be the focal point of your offense um, where you're trying to get this guy shots um, right now, I don't think that we've quite figured that out yet. Um, but I will say one of the highlights, probably the highlight of non-conference play to me has been the play of Peyton Pritchard. Um, true freshman, point guard, ended up uh, pretty early in the season. He, he took Casey Benson's starting spot, which I thought that he was going to be good, maybe a, a really good six-man um, but I was surprised to see him starting so early in the season. Um, and if we can have him starting and have Casey coming off the bench, who is a guy that is just not going to make mistakes, uh, not going to turn the ball over like we saw last season, um, then that sets us up really well. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm really going to be enjoying watching this game over the court or this team over the course of the season so that's what I like about basketball too is you just get a, a little more time with the team than you do with football where it's just like basically 12 hours of game time yeah pretty much I would season. also uh, just in case uh, we we forget to mention I'd also like to give a quick shout out to uh, women's basketball team they had a Pac-12 player of the week last week um so and she was a she's a true freshman Ruthie. So, you know, good for them. So, great job. 
Group joke, guys. Just, you know, throwing that out there. Uh, we're not just about uh, not just about men's basketball and football here. Feminism. Feminism. So, yeah, two thumbs up. Uh, man, I'm just so excited for the spring game, though. That's like that's the that's my problem, though, because it's December. I'm excited about the spring game jerseys. <laughs> Whatever comment that was on ATQ was so funny. Yeah, what was that? I don't... It was like, this is all secondary to what jerseys we're going to be wearing. I think that was the Coach Taggart press conference. Maybe. But regardless, you commenter, you win. That was really funny. Um, yeah, it might actually be fun caring about uniforms again. After a while, I just really stopped caring. Like It's really not that much fun when we're not putting people in the dirt. Yeah. So, and maybe... Uh, we'll actually get a full season's worth of uniforms this time around. Do you remember? Do you remember uniforms? <laughs> I remember uniforms. I remember. <laughs> I remember the puddles jersey. <laughs> oh my gosh! I'm so excited though because we get Troy Dye back. Pretty much all of the linemen that we like. <laughs> um. Defensive front is hopefully not going to be ruined by injuries. I don't think they had, they didn't have a single starting lineup get repeated over the course of the season. Yeah, that was ridiculous. So, I mean, granted, there were a lot of faults with the defense, but uh, it's really tough to get better on them when you have no stability whatsoever in that part. So, I'm, uh, I'm really excited for football. Things are working out. <laughs> said 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 I in December. Yeah, we're about to enter the the real desperation period because normally we at least you know have the season go until January, January first, when we're real lucky, maybe January seventh. But it hasn't been football season for quite a while, and we're we're starting to get the itch. It's a long ways off. Oh my gosh! So. Oh, okay, so what do you think about this? <laughs> All roads lead back to college football. So what do you think? So Taggart made a big point, not a big point, but it's notable that he, like, took time to call it out, that uh, he fully believes that defenses win championships. Do you think that there will be, like, a decrease in offensive production because of a greater focus on defense? No. Okay, so I don't. Well, if there's a decrease in offensive production, I don't think that's the reason why. Because Willie T- Coach Tiger is an offensive coach. I mean, that's his focus. His the focus on the defense. That's for the DC and other guys on, the ball, on that side of the ball to worry about. Now, obviously, Coach Tiger is going to oversee everything, but um, no, I I don't think that he's going to be wasting his time. Really, really dissecting the defensive side of the ball. He's got to hire somebody that he trusts, um, you know, check in with him, oversee it, and, but he's worrying about the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. I'm just having a really hard time just, like, not just pounding the Kool-Aid right now. I guess I just, like... There's so much optimism. That, right that whole... Uh, the defense wins championships, like... No. The team wins a championship. Okay. Like, you can't... The Alabama defense 
if you stick them with St. Mary's School for the Blind on offense, they're probably not winning a championship. They do have a lot of picks. Although I will say that Alabama defense is, if anybody's going to do it, it's going to be them. Yeah, um, it's the Alabama defense. But I, I don't know. I mean, you, you have to be excellent on both sides of the ball to win a championship. Uh-huh. Um, or if you're not going to be excellent on both sides of the ball, uh, you have to be phenomenal on one side of the ball, a la the... What was that? Two thousand Ravens, Baltimore Ravens. Yes, something like that. Yeah. Whenever they uh, beat beat the Giants with Trent Dilfer at quarterback, and then they traded him the next year. <laughs> yeah. Um, Such but, an fu. Just like yeah, it wasn't you. <laughs> but I mean, if your if your goal is to win a championship, you need to be bet. You need to be exceptional on both sides of the ball. Yeah, I'm just so excited. Because I think they'll, they should make a bowl game. Next year? Yeah. Yeah, of course we should make a bowl game. We're I'm, Oregon. And, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Not making a new bowl coaches. Game, no, not saying. making a bowl game next year is inexcusable. Apparently, not making a bowl game is a fireable offense. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, you know, I I don't know what the record is next year. I'm not. It's way I haven't looked too, too close. It's there. way too far off to even project anything like that. I looked at it two days um, ago, but I. <laughs> but, yes, obviously bowl game, and what I'm more interested in seeing is just considerable improvement. Um, I don't think that'll be too tough, but I also said that last year about the defense. And look where we are. Oh, Coach Hoke, you continue to prove us wrong. Yeah, especially after this whole fall. In general, I feel like sitting out the next few predictions. Yeah. I feel like not predicting things for a while. We'll just wait and see what happens. Story, Still spring game. Story of 2017. <laughs> Let's just see what happens. Um, all right. Well, that'll do it for us here at Slinging the Quack. Slinging the Quack as fast as uh, Willie Taggart slings out scholarships. Um. That was a making it rain motion. For that was a making it rain motion. Who, uh, are not tuned into our YouTube channel. Yeah, for, for those of you who uh, who can't see us on your audio file, um, but yeah, check us out on YouTube. <laughs> for all of you who don't have synesthesia, yeah, you're seeing sound. Yeah. Um, all right, so that'll do it for us. Uh, we are again just reminding we're recording this on Friday, December twenty third. So. Uh, if anything big happens between now and uh, when you listen to this, it's probably because, uh, and we don't talk about it, it's probably because it didn't, didn't happen yet. So We're from the future. The future. All right. Thanks a ton for listening. If you guys made it this far, uh, and see you guys, hopefully, in another week. Actually, probably two weeks, because who wants to listen to a podcast between Christmas and New Year's? People who'd hate their families. Yeah, we'll, work, we'll see if we can record another one. <laughs> All right, bye.